0: From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Wednesday, uh, sorry, Tuesday, March 12th, 2019. The players moves to March. That means Alex Lazan and his fantasy and gambling analysis moves to March. Um, are, are you mentally and physically prepared for the, the players in March? Is this okay or, or are you uncomfortable at the moment?
1: Okay with it. it I, I was always kind of fiending for the players a little bit earlier on the schedule, and and do remember the good old days when it was there. And I kind of like the run of uh, having a quote-unquote big event, you know, six months in a row on the schedule. So uh, yeah, no complaints here. And.
0: Obviously, it's nice to see some early year carnage on the 17th hole, so what can go wrong there? Especially if the winds gust out of the north and those suddenly play into the wind. All right, 23 guys in the field this week, led by Tiger and Phil and Adam Scott, have played this event in March. Um, Everybody else does not, um, or has not. Uh, When you're looking at your gambling and um, odds and, and who you're putting money on this week, where do you... Uh, uh, of, of what importance is having never played in March to you?
1: Yeah, it's a conditions thing. I guess, I guess quite literally it's going to be a harder course. Um, so you know, Phil referenced the fact that he enjoyed uh, the way it was previously on the schedule in March. had some success right before it did move to May. Uh, so, you know, you don't discount the fact that it could help a guy like him or an Adam Scott who's been around and played ball in this tournament for an extended period of time. Just kind of being used to that little curveball with the, uh, the earlier season conditions. I don't really rank it super high uh, on the scale just because mainly, Jeremy, this is, I would say, one of the harder tournaments to forecast in that just it's a stadium-style course that, that prevents a lot of different challenges and uh, the, the spray of winners in the past decade or so has been pretty wild. Uh, so I'm not sure if the season's going to make that big of a difference, but
0: it's something to kind of keep in mind if you're looking at a younger guy versus an older guy of course. Um, all right, let's take gambling and fantasy out for a minute. Just as a normal human being, who do you think is going to win? Normal human being, uh, winners I like
1: potentially are guys who just been playing well. Uh, the, the nice part about Sawgrass is if you have form and you're playing well, this is the course where it usually translates. It's, it's not quite the horses for courses venue that more classic TJ Tour venues would be. Uh, so you're looking at players who, who have just been consistent the last several weeks. So Justin Thomas, uh, you know, Lucas Glover, Tommy Fleetwood are all guys that have been hitting leaderboards recently. So I'm first looking at recent form and how guys have been playing the last four or six weeks then I'll start to kind of flip the page and look at, you know, who did well here last year
0: and in years prior. All right. So now let's get into the gambling stuff. Francesco Molinari is at 22 to 1 odds after winning at Bay Hill. That 64 is as good a final round as you'll see in a long time. Now, I would not go as far as Paul Easinger to say that, that that's his, his best moment because Molly Wood and Going bogey free at Carnoustie over the final 36 obviously right. is higher than that. But there's no doubt that shooting a 64 on how hard and firm that golf course was playing is a heck of a round. You and I also watch way, way too much golf to know that following up um, a win can be very hard. It's, it's, it's mentally exhausting. However, he was coming from behind, which is a different kind of mental energy on Sunday than those who... We're in the th- you know, throes of the leaderboard, like a, a Rory, for example, who comes up short. That's a lot of mental energy ex- expended. Molinari doesn't have that. How do you like him yeah. this week from a gambling perspective?
1: Yeah, I think if you're just looking at DFS or a guy to add to your roster, he's certainly one to look at. He's a ball striker and a closer. And like you said last Sunday with his victory at Bay Hill, he really only had about 60 to 90 minutes where in his mind the tournament was on the line. You know, Sunday morning he was just going out there looking to improve on his decent play over the course of the week, put something nice on the board for Sunday and go to an event like this. Well, did he know he stumbled himself into an eight-under-part performance in which he dropped the winning putt in two hours before leaders even got there. So it was an interesting type of stress for Molinari on Sunday. And I, I think it does yield him to have a little bit more energy than your average, uh, you know, prior week winner. Uh, so, yeah, on a, on a team of five, six, seven guys, he's definitely someone you're looking at just because he's a ball striker. He's been hitting it well.
0: It's hard to just count that, and I'd be shocked if he's outside the top 20 or 30 this week. Rory is 12-1. to 1. Um, He's the second-best tie for the first-best odds, actually, alongside Dustin. I, I just don't like Rory. I need I need him to prove to me that he can actually putt and putt well on Sunday. I, I I, just don't see it. I don't feel it, and I just don't like it.
1: Yeah, the thing with Rory that's just been a little bit strange to me is, you know, it, it's nice from just a, you know, fan-player perspective, to see that Rory is a little bit more relaxed, quote-unquote, on the course during the week and tournament weeks. But I'm almost wondering if that kind of relaxed tone is what he needs. I, I think you kind of need a little bit of the dagger Rory, the one who's not afraid to to throw a death stare at you after a birdie and play with a little bit more of a chip on his shoulder. I think that's the Rory that really gets it done in in full field, loaded field, big weeks like this week. So yeah, I'm not sure if I'm just counting him just because of his mental outset the last few weeks, but I'm not sure if he quite has it to contend on a course like this that's gonna present a lot of challenges. And really, and really kind of stretch it, uh, you know, how, it, how his disposition's been the last few weeks here. So, yeah, Rory probably probably a stay away. And, and you mentioned DJ, that leading favorite. A guy that's had a very iffy start to 2019. He's been very up and down and unpredictable in recent weeks. So, it's
0: funny that those two guys are the two favorites from a betting perspective. Because they've both been some of wild cards the last month or two. Well, what's interesting about Dustin, obviously, is he wins in Mexico, gets number 20, etc. And... I just don't know what you're going to get out of Dustin every week. The same way with with with, with Brooks Kepka who at times look uh, looks so good and then at times looks so bad. Um, anyway, I want to talk before we get into your picks in, about Matt Wallace. Matt Wallace is eighty to one. He has no scar tissue at the players, and so often we talk about guys who are coming in on form and guys like at, you know, for example, at Augusta who come in and it's their first time seeing it, and they don't have mental scar tissue. We always talk about experience at Augusta Reigns, but sometimes having no scar tissue somewhere is better. Matt Wallace is 80 to one. To me, that's a great value pick for somebody who's bound to win one of these things eventually.
1: Yeah, for sure. He's a a European player that's catching a lot more people's attention uh, over in the United States the past few months. He's played here more often. and. you're right. There is, there is something to be said about having never experienced this, uh, this cauldron uh, of walking through the stadium course four times and getting to that scene at 17 and seeing the different pins there and, and just what that effect has on, on a player like him. Hopefully he's able to kind of just block all that noise out, and I think maybe you do look for him for a good Thursday or Friday performance. The question is, is he going to be able to get it done on the weekends? But, yeah, 80-1, to one, uh, those are some pretty decent odds. Uh, for a guy in like good form recently, to play well
0: this week. Uh, Jordan Speeth is fifty to one. Phil Mickelson sixty to one. He says he likes the rough and will play. Speeth to me is just like Rory. Until he proves to me that he can put seventy two holes together, I'm staying away from him no matter what the odds are.
1: Yeah, I I, I, I am picking with Spieth only because I, I laid I laid a mental bet down and and head to myself a couple months ago. I feel like this is the year that Spieth picks the putter back up again. I'm not really sure when that's going to be, Jeremy, but uh, I'll throw a dollar on him this week just because he's kind of getting overlooked in this field, and a lot of the top guys that we've discussed aren't necessarily on their peak form. He's got a lot of experience around the course, hasn't necessarily been the greatest all the time, but uh, he is a guy that's on my list. Again, yeah, not thrilled with him, but at at the odds you're getting with a guy like Jordan Speak, he's hard to pass up at this point. Uh, Just waiting for that slump to, uh, to burst out.
0: Uh, the worst odds this week is Jason Duffner at three hundred to one. If you're gonna put one dollar on somebody, then I then anybody's odds are great if it's only one dollar. Um, let's let, let's go back to the top here. Um, Dustin Rory, twelve to one, JT sixteen to one. Justin Rose, who's my pick to win, is twenty to one along with Ricky and Kepka and Francesco, who's odds seem to have fallen here. Roms at twenty five to one along with Tiger, Bryson, Fleetwood, Shoffley, Sergio's at thirty to one, Jason Day, Matsuyama at those numbers, forty to one is Casey, Cantley, Finau, Adam Scott, Matt Kuchar, and Webb Simpson. All right, where are you going this week? Yeah, there's a handful of guys I'm
1: looking at. Uh, Jeremy obviously. One guy I'm going to go with uh, who's a ball striker who's played very well here in the past is Zander Shockley, 26-1. to 1. I think this is a guy who won earlier this year in Hawaii and poised to have another good run on his season as well. So I like him in that spot. Uh, I like Tommy Fleetwood's performance a lot last week. He struggled on Saturday mightily, but I'm going to stick with him again this week. i got to hop off the Ricky bandwagon. I've been loving him the last couple weeks, but this past weekend at Bay Hill was disappointing to say the least. So... I will not be going with Ricky Fowler this week, despite my temptations to pick him as a winner. Uh, so, Shockley and Fleetwood are a couple of guys that I'm looking at. And uh, if you wanted me to go down a little bit further down the board, a guy I mentioned earlier who's just had phenomenal form, and I'm not really sure if this is his course to win at, but a guy based on recent form who is due to win, period, is Lucas Glover, who hasn't won in a long time, but he's been mounting up top ten finishes in the last month or two, and at 75-1. to 1, it's probably worth
0: a couple dollars of your money to see if you can finally put it all together this week at Saga. Those odds are now down to 60-1. to 1. There you go. That, that speaks to the, uh, the volume. It's coming in a lot of value on Lucas Glover this week. Yeah, all right. Um, are you doing any top 10 or top 5 bets? And if so, do you remember who you were picking in that area?
1: No, I don't have anyone locked in yet. You can follow me at Course of Life one on Twitter if you want to take a look at that as we get closer to the tournament tee-off. One I do like from yourself, though, is if you're looking at a guy potentially top 10 or a good start to the week, Matt Wallace is a, is a good number. You mentioned he's 80-1 to 1 to win the tournament, uh, that type of guy who uh, you can get good numbers on to either have a good Thursday round and be your opening round leader or maybe a backdoor top ten. And then you also just want to look at those European players who were at the top of the leaderboard last week when you talk about guys like RCB, Bede, Rappacouber, Bale, Matthew Fitzpatrick, guys who are kind of leaning into form and are, are getting used to the to swing now and you saw them at the top of the leaderboard last week. Uh, no reason why they can't put together a second good week in a row at a, at a fairly similar venue.
0: Absolutely. Rafa Cabrera-Bello is 50-1, to 1 and Matt Fitzpatrick is 60-1 in that area. Course of Life is Alex's podcast, in addition to his Twitter feed. That was a very professional promo you uh, slid in there, buddy. <laughs> Absolutely, I just went back. All right. Tiger um, yeah. says he feels good. Tiger says he's ready to go. Tiger brought in Matt Kalina for a second set of eyes to look at his putting. They think they fixed that because he's feeling better and, and everything seems to be more online. Uh, what's your gut on Tiger right now? 25 to 1. The odds have gone down a little bit. I think the, the sight of a coach may have uh, may have turned some people off. What's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, no, it's always a little bit of a nerve, especially when you combine that with the next sit out from last week. Uh, but he's positioning the schedule nicely. You and I have been talking about how I've been dying to get him the match playing Austin, And it kind of feels right, him, him being at the players, potentially taking Valbar off, potentially being at the match play, and then having a week off before Augusta. This feels like an appropriate run-up on the Bay Hill skipping last week. Uh, you know, it's just going to all come down to his par saves and what he's able to do around the greens. Uh, Sawgrass has traditionally been tricky for him out of the sands, around the greens. So if if he's able to save par Thursday, kind of keep early round momentum going, uh, then he could put himself towards the top of the leaderboard on the weekend. Uh, Not liking him as a guy to win outright this week, Uh, but I think you're going to see kind of a a step up in the improvements
0: we've been seeing the last probably 60 to 90 days from Tiger as we head into Augusta. Um, Right now, as you sit here, who's your favorite to win Augusta? And obviously, this is going to change over a month, and Alex will be with us Tuesday of Masters Week. But right now, just looking ahead, if somebody wants to place a futures bet on Augusta, not knowing the odds, but just what in your head says, I think this guy's going to do well.
1: You know, a a guy who's just been at the doorstep forever and been playing well. So if you just take those two combinations and and don't look at anything else numbers-wise... You have to think that Justin Rose is going to have another big week at Augusta. Uh, you know, he's been dying, dying to get it done at this venue, had close calls, and like I said, he's been striking the ball very well and had a couple of good finishes recently. So if you have an idea on a master's bet for a future a few weeks from now, you're going to want to take a look at Justin Rose this week and see out his is this week. Because that's a guy you have to start and stop the conversation in Augusta with uh, based on his recent form.
0: Um, all right. Now, final question. Because this is, I think, the first time I've had you on the pod in 2019, or if it's not, it's the second. The best shot you hit in 20, the best shot, your last best golf shot was what? What is the that golf shot that has kept you coming back lately? Oh well, it was a uh,
1: clearance over water, and it was so simple because there's about a 170 yard par three that I play regularly. And I swear my conversion rate of getting over the water is probably about 15%. I'm so friendly with the drop zone now, I start to recognize my own divots at this point. Oh, that's not good. lo and behold, I finally just went about three clubs higher than I should have, and finally blasted a rescue uh, over the water and was able to make a legitimate three on the hole uh, for the first time in recent memory. So it really doesn't take much, Jeremy. Just a nice, solid three on a par three over the water that I've been unable to team for years. That's all it takes for me to come back these days. So I don't know what that says about the state of my game, but little things count the most of
0: Why were you misclubbing that bad?
1: Wind is uh, torrential on well, that par three. I'd say it just blows off the west, and uh, it is all carried. There is no mist to the front anywhere, uh, so it's got to be all yardage. And I just seem to bring out that low stinger when, when exactly I don't need it on a par three when I play that hole, but. I finally got under one and cleared the water, so it's a big victory for me as of recently.
0: For someone like you who watches so much golf, you should always know that on open, exposed holes like that the wind is higher than than you think it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to go to a punch driver, so I'm not
1: too far away from <laughs> choking down on the driver that's how you know, I play this hole. That's how bad the demons have got on the seventeenth of blue bonnet for me
0: in Austin, Texas. But uh finally conquered them last time around. Alex Lazan hosted the Course of Life podcast at Course of Life 1 on Twitter for all his betting uh, stuff. Thanks as always for coming on Teeing It Up. Indeed, thanks Jeremy. Appreciate Thank you all for listening to this edition of Teeing It Up. Have a great day.